Hello and welcome to the Student Council, an educational advice show made for students and by students where everyone is qualified to talk about their own experiences. My name is Carter Dvorak and I have a confession to make. This show, this podcast, the Student Council, isn't the only student council out there. Not, well, like every high school and, and I think even colleges to some degree, yeah, have like student councils. But this is, we're not the only student council with C-O-U-N-S-E-L. To my knowledge, there are two student councils, and I have had the honor and the privilege of being involved in both of them, and this one is what I would consider to be a soft reboot of the original student council. The original student council was begun by myself, among two other friends, and an editor, all three friends total, and we started that show back in the late summer of 2020. What a time to be making podcasts. I will forever kind of be a little bit nostalgic for that era of podcasting because, oh my gosh, everybody had a podcast and their sisters had a podcast. It was just so many people were doing this activity. And it it was really fun in that sense because it was super lackadaisical and like, yeah, I'm going to get on a Zoom call. We're going to record it. We're going to post it. Bam, bang, bang, podcast, baby. Now the student council was developed a little bit later than that. Dominic, Gemma, Mika, and I were all in the same project team. We were Area 51, or Team 51, a.k.a. Area 51 Invaders. And Dominic one day was in the chat and basically said, hey, I want to make a podcast if anybody's interested. And I raised my virtual hand and was like, hello, yes, please, me, please. Mr. Podcast Man would love to jump on the microphone and do this. And I did, along with Gemma and Mika. And basically, he was like, what do we want to do? And I had this thought. I think in puns, both Positivity and this show were kind of born both out of the idea of the concept and the pun in which the title is. And so I'm like, why don't we do a show called The Student Council and make it about, like, high school advice at the time? We were all in high school. We had staggered it. Gemma was a sophomore. I was a rising junior. And Dominic was a rising senior. And I'm like, why don't we do that? And then Mika would be our editor. And I think Mika was also a rising senior. Yes. So we did, and we did a relatively small run, but I have some good experiences with it. I definitely remember it being a podcast where we had a lot of adjustment to it, and I will love to get into more of the behind the scenes of it eventually, but that was a really, really long intro, all to say that I want to revisit those episodes now that it's been almost three years since releasing them, three years worth of experiences, going through junior year, senior year, and now my freshman year of college. I think it'd be really fun to go back and also reflect on both like the academic experiences that I was in for the era of learning in COVID and oh boy, the growth of a podcaster that you're going to hear. I wholeheartedly get if you listen to like five minutes of it and I'm like, "Hmm, these are some pretty young podcasters. And I would say, thank you for phrasing it nicely, but we were new at the game and it took us a little while to get some, some mojo and some energy going. I will put a timestamp in the description. If you want to hear more of my ramblings about the show and thoughts after the episode, I'm going to go listen to our first episode, as are you. It's going to just keep playing in your podcast player. You don't have to do a darn thing right now. I have to go pull it up and listen to it and all that stuff. But you, sit back, relax, crack open a, a carbonated beverage of your choice. I love a good LaCroix. Trader Joe's actually has a really nice lemon blueberry sparkling water. I've been drinking the heck out of it this summer. It's truly a phenomenal beverage. Anyways, here we go. Hello, welcome to the Student Council Podcast. This is an advice podcast made by students for students. Today, it's all about AP. I'm Dominic Nysfro. I'm Gemma Cohen. And I'm Carter Dvorak. (laughs) 
So we're going to jump right into the topic of AP. For all you folks taking those AP, uh, advanced placement classes out there, definitely, definitely tune in for this one. So we're going to go into this question here. We're going to wonder what classes did, what AP classes did we take? All right. So for me, last year, actually, I had my first AP courses last year. I took AP Computer Science A. I took AP English Language. And I took AP Human Geography. Okay. I was a freshman last year, and the only AP class available was AP Human Geography, so I also took that class. Fun. I was a sophomore last year, and I took AP U.S. History, also known as A-Push, and uh, AP Chemistry, also known as CHAP, although I think I'm the only one who calls it CHAP, but that's fine. Alrighty, so now that we know all the AP classes that we all taken, now let's go over what experiences do we have with them, with being in the classroom and then having to take it to remote learning, uh, after March. So for my experiences, I would have to say it's kind of a different change. It was for, I'm going to jump into my AP Lane class. It was a lot of essay writing and we were doing some reading and vocabulary, but going into the pandemic and being having to take all this remote, it was kind of a big switch. So with going into the remote learning in March, it took a lot of responsibility onto the student and making sure that students like me had to be prepared for anything that we might have had to written. Although there wasn't a multiple choice, it still made, it still was a lot of responsibility and diligence that was needed to make sure that we knew what, knew how to write our essay and we were able to contact the teacher if we needed help. I mean, it was way different since we couldn't see um, the teacher in person. So with, along with being ourselves, we also were with um, other classmates. And I could say that was similar with um, my other AP classes. A lot of stuff started to turn independent and our responsibility to make sure that we were able to reach out either to a teacher or our student study groups or anything like that just to make sure that we were prepared in any way possible for um, the test. Well our classes are actually on a block schedule and I had AP Human Geo in first semester so I really didn't have any of the course cut off but that also meant we went through units a lot faster so we didn't really cover as in depth a lot of the other material. So it was actually good that they didn't have the end of the class on the test because especially our last unit, we really had to race through it because we kind of ran out of time. <laughs> but, you know, overall, I think the class went pretty well and having it that first semester really helped in that then the next semester, I was just able to study for it instead of having to worry about finishing the class in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, I definitely think it's a cool system of doing things of like you kind of got all the content in the beginning and then afterwards kind of began to just study for the test and review and such. I had, so we did a trimester system. And so I had all three trimesters. I started with AP Chemistry and AP US History. And for the most part, the classes were pretty fun and went pretty well. And then definitely when the pandemic hit, I was kind of glad our AP US History teacher was like, you need, like during the pandemic, she's like, you guys need to just stick on a schedule. So like, I want to say a day or two after school shut down, she like automatically have us like, okay, you need these assignments done by this time. And we're going to keep, we talk through notes was kind of a big way for us to go through the information is we'd all like take notes from a kind of a nice textbook.
textbook. And then the next day, just kind of have like a class discussion, which was quite fun. And so when the pandemic hits, you're still like, all right, you guys still need to take notes and we're still going to have Zoom discussions, which were albeit quite different. Like there is definitely this weird sense of like, it's a lot harder for somebody to talk over Zoom than even in a classroom setting. And so um, it was definitely a different feeling. It was pretty hard to kind of get that rhythm to make sure you weren't talking over anybody and that you were, you know, getting all the content in. But for the most part, it went pretty well transition wise. AP Chemistry was good as well. I think the one thing I had, like we were a little bit, we were pretty steady with the content, but like when the pandemic hit, we still had some decent content to review. So especially like leading up to the test, it became pretty independent and our teacher would link us like ed puzzles or kind of, which is like a system like you watch videos and like answer questions throughout to a lot of the college board review, which was quite helpful in leading up to the test. And I have to say both my teachers were really good about having open office hours and like DBQ review sessions and just ways for us to really prep ahead of the test. So with all the stuff that we were learning, was there one resource or any kind of YouTube or online resource that you found the most helpful in studying for your AP test? I could say for myself that I took advantage of a lot of the, the YouTube, the AP YouTube videos they had for all the different AP ones. So I would just watch them if it be for AP Lang or it be for AP Geography or Computer Science. I'll do some of those practice tests. They had some of the practice prompts that you could practice to make sure that you were ready for the test itself. And they also gave you tips and other little information just to make sure that you're prepared even for like the small things. So in my class, we had a book to use, but I'm kind of ashamed to admit this, but I never actually really read it. I pretty much skimmed through it to make my notes, but the notes were good, so it was okay. But I really liked listening to my teacher's lectures. So this isn't a plug, but there was this YouTuber that I watched, like Andrew Patterson for my AP Human Geo videos. And I really enjoyed that because he basically had a lecture for each different key issue of the class. So like I really found that helpful because the book like just can become kind of overwhelming like I thought, oh, I'll just go back and read it later, but then it's like a ton of pages to prepare for a test. So just being able to like do different things while just listening to like YouTube videos, like playing in the background of like all of the information I needed to know was like really helpful for me. All right, so for me, I'm gonna, audio people can't see this. I have a sticker that says I graduated because of Crash Course, which is almost entirely true. So I have to say like my teachers were great and I did learn a lot through the textbook, through discussions, but Hank and John Greenman from uh, Crash Course's YouTube channel channel was really great for me. They're good at like, they talk very quickly. That's a pretty valid criticism people have of them. I use them a lot for review. So I just kind of binge like an hour of Crash Course US History before a test or, um, you know, Crash Course Chemistry if there was a, like a struggle with a concept. And so I'm just generally a fan of Hank and John Green. And so like watching Crash Course a lot was a really good way for me to continue to learn and develop the content. Plus, as all of us were founding members, another good resource is Fiveable, which is now coming out with courses. And again, not a plug but kind of a plug and going along with that definitely i gotta add that um that's the cram sessions were really really helpful especially something like with human geography or ap lang where i was coming before it i was kind of a little bit nervous but then afterwards i felt totally prepared after having a jam-packed session of all these concepts and points and how to write the perfect essay and all these stuff so i guess if you need some help with your ap um i definitely recommend the cram sessions and the new AP, um, the Fiveable courses as well. I guess to an extent, like they did create in a weird way, this podcast at least gave us a genesis to like us to meet each other and then like the platform to discuss this, which is cool. 
cool. So thank you, Fiveable. And I also agree that like I did the um, AP Chemistry Cram session and it was quite helpful in reviewing the content and you know, going through it again. It was really cool to see students teaching the material. That was incredibly kind of fun and refreshing to see. And so it was, I do recommend Fiveable a lot. It's a great program and a fun website that we all kind of, I'm glad that we got to be a part of it for a summer. So now that we went all over that experience, the next question we're going to have is how did all that play out on the actual AP test? I was actually pretty, I was actually okay on the internet side and I actually didn't have that many problems with uploading. For me, I, I did it in a Google Doc and then I would just copy and paste the text over. But other than that, it was just, I felt it was kind of an easy breezing. It was just applying the knowledge. Okay, well, my AP test, basically, I was very nervous the day of the AP test, especially it being my first AP test. Um, and I had done a cram session the night before. But then on the day of, I opened up my test and it was about religious buildings and pilgrimages. And the other one was about wheat. And I was not that paired for that. So I kind of just like pulled out everything I had learned and just kind of threw it on the page and just kind of like BS my th way through it. Like it was, I'm not proud to admit that, but you know what? Apparently College Board thought that it was good enough for them because they gave me a five. So sometimes you just got to throw everything on the page. One thing was it was talking about pilgrimages and it was in Jerusalem. And then all of a sudden I brought up Mecca, which I realized later is in Saudi Arabia, but I guess they didn't care about that. So just good for me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I related to this about of like, you know, you study enough, you just have to know the content. My thing going into AP chemistry and this, I think this is kind of one piece of wisdom I would give to anyone considering an AP class is know where you like, know, make sure your skills and your education is up to that level. Of one of my issues was AP Chem was unexpectedly math heavy and like pretty hard, like calculating logarithms and some more calculated things. And the running joke in my class specifically to me was I was the algebra 1A kid for two thirds of the year. And so that was a bit of like a weird experience of like, I went in there with the least math background. And then of course, my one like AP Chem question was entirely math heavy. And I was just like, well, here we are. But that's definitely how I kind of have been treating things of like, my issue was more so I was behind in a few levels of content where like even in the AP chemistry class I had taken chem A and that was my only chem class and then I'd taken geometry and that was my only math class for about half the year so it was just kind of an issue for me of like I probably needed a little bit more backing of like maybe having taken chem B ahead of time or been in like algebra 2 I think things would have done better but then again I think that like it is what it is on my AP US history question on that test I did end up point of four which I'm very proud of and I, I feel like at least for A plus I heard a lot of people like they were pretty easy questions but like in a way in a plus your dbq works as you have kind of one question that's like analyzing the extent of change or like something similar to that and then you get five like pieces of historical documents and you have to kind of incorporate that into an essay and what i experienced what i've heard a lot of people talk about was that like the documents just did not work like documents were just confusing to the question yes yeah, so i definitely agree with what you said and i think most importantly is that you have to take out what you learned from the journey and, and not to stress out too much about your score all right so now i think it's fair to mention do we think that do we think that college board handled this whole ap thing the right way during this pandemic um for me i i'm really kind of on the fence here because i i know that there were plenty of people that said they had issues with their wi-fi or trying to upload stuff or people that were international that were in different time zones that had to be up late at night doing their ap tests definitely think that was something that wasn't the best that came out of the ap test but i do have to i do 
have to pay, uh, give credit where credit is due to College Board, as there was originally a possibility that there was not going to be any AP test, and they were going to be just canceled. But they did a survey, and they did figure out that most of the AP students did want to have a test. So I'm glad that we had a test, and we were able to get college credit. So there was some good, there was some bad, but I, I got to be on the positive side here. I'm going to say it was, it was good. Okay, well, for me, I think the one thing that I was kind of disappointed about was even though you have to prevent cheating because like people can just text each other if they're just at home like some of the prompts that I got that other people got were just so much easier or so much harder than the other ones so it didn't really seem fair just depending on what question you got like I remember one of my friends telling me she got a question on like an economic term an economic term that she had never even heard of so it's kind of unfair like and I got a religious building that I had never heard of like at least you get to look it up but it can still be really hard and really stressful under the time pressure so I think that's the one thing that college board should have looked to try and make the different prompts more equal in difficultness difficulty yes difficulty yeah I very much agree with that I of most of the APUSH people I talked to the prompts were incredibly difficult and I was glad I did actually really like their open book system of it I think that was a good way of going about kind of this test and kind of how because it would have been other like people would have had an open book anyways and would have googled answers so at least they kind of factored that into things which is good i didn't i didn't have any issues with the um internet experience i did know of a friend who she needed like a couple like accommodations to her test and so they just kind of college board dropped the ball on that and then they weren't and so she had to actually end up taking the like second test that was like a few weeks later i am glad they offered the second test as well i think that was you know it's a good way of doing things and you know i always i've liked the kind of the running joke of like well if i don't like the ap question i'm just gonna go like pull out the power in our house and just apply for the next test like that's an out but um overall i think that it went pretty well at least for me you know i was very thankful to have like good at home internet and at least our school provided every all of the students with our like chromebooks that we got from the school so we were able to like keep them at home as well which i'm very thankful for so now now that it's august right now we got uh, some prospects looking forward to next school year and our next question we're gonna roll at is what ap classes are we taking next year and do you think maybe possibly we might have a similar experience as um as last spring for the tests my next year uh actually not next year but this year's ap classes i'm going to be taking i have ap calc uh ap calculus ab i have in ap english literature and composition i have ap physics c and i have ap macroeconomics and that one i mostly just threw in because i had um I had a free period and I decided um, which AP am I going to go with and I just decided to throw that one in for good measure and I thought that one might be a good um, that might have a good lot of good information that might help be helpful in just in life in general and maybe my career in engineering but I think you know you never know even with these AP things we're going into next year in school um, it's hard to predict what um, what the tests are going to be like or what school is going to be like when it comes around to May so we'll never know maybe We'll cover that in an upcoming podcast episode. But yeah. Next year, I'm going to be taking AP European History. And that is, again, the only AP class I can take as a sophomore, which I'm going to be in like a week. Um, and I'm kind of disappointed because the teacher of that class, everyone loves. So like I was looking.
looking forward to that. And now, like, I guess we'll still have, like, some live lectures, but it won't really be the same. And one part I really like about school is when teachers like me. Um, and I really need that validation in classes to do better. But, you know, that's okay. I'll just try to get them to like me over Zoom. Um, and besides that point, I'm looking forward to the class because I kind of miss, like, having history class. Last year, I took AP Human Geography, as you know. And that's not really as much history as it is now going into AP Euro. So I'm excited to get back into that. Yeah, those seem like really fun classes. Next year, I will be doing AP Language, so AP Lang, and then I will do an AP Psychology as well. I'm really excited. I am curious for, again, like the May test, are we going to, again, will it be kind of trimmed or cut? Will we still have the same amount of content that we did last year or the, you know, what the normal AT AP test would hold? I'm really excited though. I really like my AP Lang and AP, um, and AP Psychology teachers. They're like the two teachers that also run the school interact club that I'm a part of. And so I've been able to like get to know them for the last like two years. And I'm excited. I've had summer work for AP language. So basically our teacher has been posting like different blog posts and kind of topics. And so we had us kind of research them and then write our like responses to them, like have a kind of a discussion with the other students, which has been quite fun. And so I'm really excited to take in these classes. Plus, I just wanted to add that if you're anything like my school, I was kind of disappointed in the way my school was handling the school closures in one way, because they said if you chose to do remote learning, we might not be able to take AP or honors classes, which just is not really fair to people who want to like stay home and stay safe. And so another not plug, but is a plug. If you want to take courses on Fiveable, that I think it's going to be a great place, like, because I was really worried that I wasn't going to get to take AP next year. So now no matter what happens, I can try to take a course online for a very low price. Again, not a plug, but a plug. Yeah, and I definitely agree. Like our school as well has kind of been, I you know, they're handling the situation as they're handling it. So basically we again have the option of all day in school, five days a week, or stay at home and it's with like one kind of online teacher. And so I've always definitely been worried about like, okay, can I do AP online? Because I think I'll be staying home. And so I am glad to know that like, no matter how our school works out, again, I'll have these five courses, which not sponsored, potentially could be sponsored, but not sponsored currently. All right, so I'm... I think that's all the time we have for now. So thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Spoon Console. And this is Dominic Neisferl, Gemma Cohen, and Carter Dvorak. Now, if you want to find us, our Instagram is Student Console Pod, and our Facebook group is the Student Console Fans. Uh, if you want to contact us for a topic of your own, our email is studentconsolepodcast at gmail.com. And our show and graphics are made by our very own Mika Panahan. And until next week, class dismissed. Hey listeners, it's Mika here. If you didn't catch me at the end of last week's episode, I'm the producer and editor of the Student Council podcast. So last week, I talked about starting a thing at the end of each episode where I highlight an opportunity for students. And last episode's was about Fiveable, which we mentioned a couple of times in this episode as well. And we just wanted to remind you that again, Fiveable is a great AP resource, and they are now offering courses that you can take on their website for self-study or supplemental learning. So make sure to check them out. But let's jump into today's highlight opportunity. Are you interested in taking free classes and continue learning during the COVID-19 pandemic? 
then the Wave Learning Festival is the perfect place for you. Wave Learning Festival is an educational platform that offers a ton of cool and free classes of a variety of topics for students. Classes are taught by volunteer high schoolers and college students who want to share their passions with younger students. Wave is featuring guest speakers coming soon, including author and editor Nicole Chung and actress and activist Jamila Jamil. If you are interested in signing up for a Wave class or teaching a Wave class, make sure to check out wavelf.org. The link will also be in the description of this week's podcast episode. And again, thank you so much for listening to the second episode of Student Council. If you haven't listened to the first episode, make sure to check that out as well and tune in next week for a new one. Until then, stay safe and have a great day. Of course, I finish the episode and I immediately look at my phone and I listen to the final little piece of it where our editor Mika Panahan jumped on the end of the episode and talked and sounded better than all of us, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. And I'll get to that more in a second and realized, oh, this was episode two and that I had tampered with the anchor profile a long, long time ago. And accidentally put episode one as like the latest episode. And it was a whole thing. But we're just going to go through this one and talk about episode two. Because I listened to it and I don't have time to listen to another one at the moment. And wow. A couple immediate notes was um, we really were just hopping on a Zoom call and clicking record. Which I think is perfectly okay. I was trying to use a microphone during that time as well. Maybe you could pick that up. But it really wasn't super noticeable. Which I just thought was kind of funny. Thinking about the road NT1 that I'm talking to you now and how even that, like, I'm excited to continue to kind of progress in the way that I make podcasts and sound and set up a studio and things like that. It was funny to reflect and listen to what old podcast me had kind of done. And I'd already been doing this for two solid months at this point. So there's already some progress from the OG, OG original episode of podcasting I ever did. And then even more progress than the like buried ones deep in some random computer memory file, probably that may or may not ever see the light of day that were just probably oh so painful to listen to. I did improv once on a podcast episode and it was oh, it was so bad. Anyways, I think it's really funny to think about the status now. I also when I listened to myself talk, I was definitely being more I was basically only being critical of the way that I sounded or like really thinking about like the way that I was talking. Fascinating to hear how I sounded and how I've changed in the way that I've talked on the microphone and in podcasting because I think that I've definitely changed the way that I've spoken. I've been a lot more aware of the filler words that I use. I've talked generally faster, I would have to say, and gotten a little bit more life into this kind of voice, which is not dissimilar from the way that I normally talk. But there is just a switch that gets flipped and you're like, hi, I'm on the mic voice. Now, COVID-19, that was something else that really stuck out to me in this episode was just how like COVID impacted it was and how much it was really a time capsule more than anything. Right. Talking about the AP exams in COVID, which was such a wild experience to go through of like doing these exams online and they were open note, but they were timed. So they couldn't really be that effective open note, but they were also more effective than had they not been open note at all. It was interesting to say the least. And something I noticed that I think I made more than once was me trying to force a bit, which was really funny when I talk about chap, which was a um, chap was chap stood for 
chemistry AP or AP chemistry. And it was a bit that I started at the end of freshman year before going into AP chem with another friend who I knew was going into AP chem. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to call it chap and it's going to stick for sure. And it didn't never did. It was like basically me pushing that name through and through. And you can even tell in this episode, and I think I would bet you good money that I say chap and refer to AP chem as chap in other episodes. I'm still trying really hard for this bit to stick because I am so confident and I'm not going to lie. I still am confident. There is no like you don't have an A push or a WAP in the way that you do for like AP US history or AP world history for AP chem. I think chap does work, but also like I'm out of high school now. It's it's fine. If you're an AP chem and you want to call it chap, good on you. Now, yeah, hearing words like Ed Puzzle and things like that really took me back as well. I was just, like, surprised at the nostalgia punches that those brought and how it brought me back to high school. It was just really funny. I, I enjoyed it, and I think that it was just fun to reflect, and I like listening to these old episodes to just reflect on them and to hear, you know, references and talking about teachers and talking about how my A-Push teacher, shout out to her, really did make sure that we were trying to be productive and didn't lose all progress when COVID hit. I vividly remember that like first Zoom session. She's basically like, you all need to build routines right now and we're going to keep doing the notes and we're going to keep doing these things. And there was grace in there too. It wasn't like, man, this doesn't exist. It was very much a like, you, this needs to happen now. Like this is a helpful thing and it's going to help save all of you in the end. And it certainly did. I'm also forever bummed that I never finished the notes in that textbook that because AP exams got cut like if you don't remember if you didn't go through this which is wild to think that there are current high schoolers who did not have to go through that year of ap exams ap exams got cut after i think in april it was like unit seven and so usually the last second or like the last unit or the last unit and the penultimate unit got cut because of ap exams so that you would have more time to study and they took kind of a week or two out for covid and closures and I think that was a really great play, but I'm always like, mm, I never got to read to Obama's first term. Wonder how that went. Uh, that was where our textbook ended. It went to uh, like 2008. So I guess I was already kind of feeling outdated, but what is outdated when like it's probably added, I would say probably two more pages after 2008 to 2018, and then like a larger chunk for everything that happened in COVID. Oh, uh, some little habit that I noted that was really funny that I still do this all the time was like my commenting and like reactions to other people's comments and other people's like points. I mean, that kind of came from like high school debate classes where it's like this person made a point and then you go after them to get your participation points. And you're like, ah, yes, great thing that you said. And I'm going to add this to that. or I'm going to add that to that. That happens in college as well. It just kind of happens in a lot of class styles, structured debates and, and in class conversations. And so that really continued, but I feel like that's like one of the essences of how Stuco is now is like, and, and I don't try to do it in a way where it's like, ah, oh, yes, you had an experience. Let me add myself to that or like input my narrative or try to make a false analogy. It's more just me being like, oh, that's really fascinating. I pulled this, this, and this from it, which a lot of that comes from doing a good news podcast and a news dissection podcast where like we would talk about stories and be like, oh, I pulled this, this, and this from that. And I still just think it's cool to like hear people's stories and think about them and talk about them. Now, I have in my notes, and I want to talk about something that maybe you could hear behind the scenes. I'm really curious how it transferred. I heard it knowing how we worked. So when we answered a question, I would make the docs before each episode, and then I would have all the questions written out. And Dominic, since it was like his idea, he was kind of the host of the original show, and he would go through and he would ask the questions. 
and then we would raise our hands on the Zoom call and be muted and then unmute when we had a response to say, which I thought was just kind of funny. And slowly, I feel like on the last episode we did, we finally all unmuted and started to have a banter and started to have a level of communication with it. And then we just didn't really continue the show after that, unfortunately. But I can hear that in this episode. It's very, like, structured. It's very, like, regimented, which I think is fair. And I think it also is a consequence of, like, there wasn't a pre-established banter and there wasn't established banter outside of stuff on Zoom, which did and does have some impact on, like, I think the way the conversations go, at least, like, it did in, like, trying to make this kind of this relaxed, bantery setting. I think if I did the show again with things like that, which I've always wanted to go back and do more, like, roundtable three or four people are answering one set of question episodes. I really enjoyed that style. I think it almost, you'd have to have everybody in the same room and it'd be like a bunch of couches and it'd be super relaxed and like tangential almost, or like there'd be a lot of stories being swapped and and bits and things like that. I definitely would do it less serious since it's like a high school podcast. It's a school thing. It's like, but it's students on students. And so it should be more relaxed and chill. And I'm maybe realizing the irony and or hypocrisy in the way that I'm saying that now in like kind of the structured interview thing of this podcast. But I hope I'd still try to make it chill, try to make it fun, try to make it interesting. Final notes um, that I'll have would be the the plugs basically that I made in those episodes. Plugging Fiveable made sense. That happened a lot in the early podcasting days just because it did put all of us in the same Slack space together. It really was a, a starting point for a lot of us in what we did. And also, um, I just love how I immediately plug Hank and John Green and the Green Brothers and Crash Course and the Vlog Brothers. Big era for me in high school. Still a really big thing for me now. I really enjoy watching Hank and John. And as they've grown into TikTok and YouTube and uh, big fans of things like Project for Awesome and Awesome Socks Club and things like that. Pizza Miss is a banger. So it's just fun to like see that trend. And I just remember really early on in my podcasting days, I was like really eager and basically like, hmm, I bet if I talk about the Green Brothers enough, they'll come on my shows. And that hasn't happened yet. I would love to still talk to Hank and John Green in a setting like that but I remember very early on being like yeah my you know junior zoom podcast that's what's gonna allure the green brothers and it was just really funny to hear that back then and I still am a big fan of all the work that they do in full support of the green brothers especially what Hank's going through with lymphoma right now I just it's a really hard thing and I wish him the best final two notes kind of come at the end of the episode the final one being the Facebook group I thought was very funny that was me pulling from other podcasts a lot of what I do and a lot of what I still do is pulled from the podcasts that I listen to that got me into this medium one of which was a show called bacon and eggs and they had a Facebook group called bacon and eggs fans and that was the reason I joined Facebook uh for better or for worse but I enjoyed that Facebook group and I thought that like a Facebook group would build a community but also there really is not a lot of like high schoolers on Facebook anymore alas not alas at all that's probably a really good thing also also i either forgot or hadn't listened to mika's end of the episode talks mika really like burst through the podcast i would say kool-aid man style sounding better than any of us and had these really really fun and like thoughtful and like really entertaining little taglines and tales at the end of the episodes i loved that i got a surprise listening back to an episode that i thought i would have remembered or at least like 
knew what was coming. So interesting to look back. Maybe I'll go back and find the actual first episode of the student council and talk about that one. AP is so wild to think about in college. I feel like it definitely does not take up the brain space that it did in high school, at least not in the ways that I discussed it in this episode that we discussed it of like what were you know talking about scores, talking about anything in that sense of like the actual exams. I think if I remember anything from AP, it's a lot of the like actual learning or content or thinking that went around it. Like I think I think about the uh the books that I read in AP Lang a decent amount. That was funny for us to be like, oh, I'm taking AP Lang this year. How's that going to go? I know how it went. It went really, really well. I had a great time in Lang and a great time in Psych. Both really awesome courses, at least if you take them at Saugatuck High School. And that's all from me today. I hope you enjoyed this look down memory lane. I think it was more memory lane for me than for you. If anybody is out there and you found OG Student Council, the classic Student Council as it's called, and are here now, thank you. Uh, if you if you plowed through and you've stuck with us this long and been through the hiatus and back, I just am very appreciative of it. And if you're like, wow, it's interesting to hear him three years later. It's interesting for me too to be doing this three years later, but I am having more fun than ever and thoroughly enjoying this show. So thank you for listening. Thank you for spending time with me and, and reflecting I hope you have a good one. I wish you the best of luck and the best of times in all of your educational endeavors. You want to find more of Suko. I think our handles are wrong in the uh, in the OG episode. So I'll just say our Instagram is at StukoPod. Our email is StukoPod at gmail.com. They might still be the same emails, but I kind of think I've changed them. Anyways, that's all for me today. Again, best of luck, best of times, all your educational endeavors. The student council is adjourned class dismissed. Why not? Throwback. Bye.